This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Pick and Roll live streams here on the Board YouTube channel, the NBA content division of the Hammer Betting Network. And we're here today with a big game, two to talk about in the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. Hope everybody is doing really well here. Uh, no official pick from yesterday's show, uh, so no recap for today. So we'll get right into the official pick in just a second here. But I want to remind you guys to hit that like button if you've been enjoying the content on this channel and you enjoyed this stream in particular. And please make sure as well that you are subscribed to our channel for playoff content all throughout the duration of the NBA playoffs here. All right, with that, let's get you right into the official pick here. No need to wait on this one. Let's go and ensure that we have the right price here. And we do. We're going to be in game two here. Thankfully, Joel Embiid, that was confirmed. That Not confirmed, but almost confirmed. He was coming back like an hour ago. So all the lines are ready. Here is the official play for today. We are going back, or sorry, we are going to James Harden after that massive game one. And we're going to be pairing him with Malcolm Brogdon on the same game parlay. Brogdon over 11 and a half points. Harden over 17 and a half points. And that is minus 118 at FanDuel. So obviously, Harden dropped that monster 45-point night in game one. We're hoping Brogdon also comes through on this one. Harden has another good game despite Joel Embiid's return. Let's go over to Pips here to see why he likes this play. So we have Embiid coming back, but we don't know the how how is that going to look. We all know that the injury is not something that usually you can, can can get back in like he is now. Uh, some say that you need like four to six weeks to recover fully from, from that injury. So him being back in a week is kind of very quick. So I don't know. We'll see huge minutes for Embiid. And I don't know what maybe use him more as a decoy on offense. So I, I, I still think... Uh, 45 points in the last game from James Harden. I don't think he'll now go to 15 points a game with Embiid. I think he needs to be still aggressive in, in, in this series. And he needs to score. He showed us in the last game that he can exploit the pick and roll. Now he had even better pick and roll partner. And I expect some Harden having ball in late shot clock situations when they when they don't manage to get a good look for Joel. So I, I still think the usage should be pretty high for, for James Harden. I, I He covers this in every game against the Celtics this season. And yeah, that that looks great for James Harden to get 17 and a half. So he exploited their pick and roll. He attacked Jalen Brown. He attacked Horford in, in drop coverage. He had great success with it. So, yeah, I think we see, still see James Harden scoring 20-plus points tonight. On the other side, uh, we have Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon had, had a 
poor start to, to the playoffs. First game against the Hawks, he played only 21 minutes and scored five points. Then he covered this in, in, in six straight games. 13, 17, 14, 14, 17. And in the last game against the 76ers, yeah, without Joel beat, but he's going off the bench, so he won't be matched as much uh, with, with Joel on the floor. Especially, I expect Joel to be in some minutes restriction, so play probably 30 minutes from Joel, so Brogdon should see almost more than half his minutes without Embiid on, on, on the court. And the last game, he had 20 points. And he closed the game and played 34 minutes. That's one of the highest minutes for him. He closed the game over Derek White, who struggled a lot. Uh, everyone was, including me, was high, high praises for Derek White in the first series. But I also mentioned Trey Young defense made him look way better than he is. And besides the first game, he, he had five points. And I think with Smart and Derek White being there, one of these players will probably have not great game. So Brogdon will, moving forward, probably take a bit minutes from both of these guys. Depends on the night. Uh, so I expect 27, 8 minutes for Malcolm Brogdon and he should cover it. Last game, he shot uh, 16 field goal items. Uh, he shot uh, double-digit field goal attempts in ten in six straight games in the playoffs, and he covered this in 15 straight. But he took uh, double-digit uh, field goal attempts, so I, I think he needs to be involved on offense, and he's clearing these lines easily with double-digit attempts entire season. So they 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 are relying on him in the playoffs even more than they did in, in the regular season. So I think this is a good look, especially with Embiid probably more focused on Jason Tatum. They did great against him with Embiid this season. So yeah, I think Malcolm Brogdon and James Harden are good to go tonight together. Yeah, yeah. great stuff there. Uh, got a comment here saying that you all get you can also get this plus one hundred on DK. So uh, not sure if that one was up late or anything, but uh, if you can find yeah, it. Yeah, I actually, I actually forgot that uh, DraftKings have uh, it, it's so it's plus 100 on both uh, DraftKings and BetMGM because I forgot they have 18 plus points option for, for James right. Harden. So, yeah, they have 18 plus options. So, we should probably get it uh, there. So, sorry guys for, for this. Everyone that can get it there should get it there because, yeah, it's plus 100 on both MGM. And usually um, the thing is um, MGM and uh, DraftKings have only three points lower line. So Harden is 21 and a half. So we get 20, 19 and 18 and a half. I, but yeah, I forgot that they add, added lately 18 plus option. So it works like this for James Harden. I forgot to check it because I forgot that they have 18 plus. So it's plus 100 on both MGM and DraftKings. All right. So if you're still if you're still uh, looking for this bet, absolutely go take that better price there, 100%. But Brogdon over 11 and a half and Harden over 17 half slash 18 plus. They mean the exact same thing. That is the official play for today. So again, apologies to anybody watching who got that one in. Uh, early watching live, you know, we respect the live viewers, but um, apologize for that. 
Let's move now into the Lakers and the Warriors. Obviously, they had their game one yesterday. The Lakers come through on top and want to do a little bit of a reaction here. Uh, Anthony Davis was absolutely sensational in game one against the Golden State Warriors. He had to be uh, with the way Kevon Looney played in the first round. Looney still got his rebounds, but Anthony Davis, I think he finished 30 points, 23 rebounds in the first half, especially the Warriors had no answer for him. He dominated the paint. They they had no way of stopping him. And it was a narrow win in the end for the Lakers, despite being underdogs here. So, Pips, wanted your reaction to the game one here and how you think the Warriors can adjust as the series goes on because they, they have to find a way to deal with Anthony Davis if they want to win this series. I, I think they lost the game on the free throw line. They just settled for so many shots showing up no rim pressure so Anton Davis had so I'll say Dennis Schroeder of the bench had more free throws than the entire Golden State Warriors that's okay but also the Warriors took like 30 free I think they took like 33 pointers in the first half or something yeah as they were settling for shots yeah they ended up the game with 53 three-point attempts which is great so you, you shot 53 three-pointers and made 40% of them and you still lost. And yeah. that's because we talk, this is a, a, a matchup of two different teams. Davis, LeBron, they are going inside, attack. So you have team made 21 threes and the other team made six threes. So 15 three-pointers discrepancy and the other team with six threes won. And yeah, yeah I, I don't think... I don't think uh, Lakers will shoot again 20% from, from three-point line. Yeah, but, but, but I think their free throw rate could still be there from moving forward. Because 29 free throws attempts is a bit a lot, but Davis with eight, LeBron James with only four. So, yeah, Austin Reeves, free throw merchant, zero. So, I think they're... they're, they're inside scoring and their free throw rate, they are attacking the rim and Golden State is just shooting outside. And you don't win with 40, with 40% from three-point line on that huge rate. You are in big trouble. Also, yeah. they had rebounds. So, okay, Lakers had 13 offensive rebounds, but Golden State had, Golden State had 14 offensive rebounds. So, they didn't lose rebounding battle. They should shot great. They didn't lose turnovers battle. So like you you shot forty percent. You had you was even on rebounds, even on turnovers. That that's rim pressure, and I don't think anyone on Golden State can provide that kind of rim pressure with Kevin Looney and Raymond Green. It's easy to double team of them and. AD in drop zone. That's awesome. Awesome. He was awesome on defense and also the offense. He was awesome on everything. So, mm. yeah, AD won this game. But, uh, yeah, good production from Dan Schroeder of the bench, 19 points. That's, that, that's, that's huge. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, hysterics online on Twitter about the free throw discrepancy. I believe it was 17 nothing free throws in the first half. Uh, it was something crazy like that. It's just like the Lakers get to the rim. They pound the rock. They get to the rim. 
not a ton of like excellent three point shooters here. And, and the Warriors took 33. So, you know, if you're not getting in the paint, you're not drawing any contact, you're not going to get any free throws. And if you looked at like the, the field goal numbers here, like the Warriors took from a field goal standpoint, 14 more shots. Obviously that's because they had, because uh, the Lakers had so many free throws, which don't equ- yeah. equate to field goals. But if you looked at that, you look at the three point percentages where the Lakers were six of 25 from three, the Warriors were 21 of 53 turnovers were the same uh, rebounding relatively the same. And the Lakers win this game. Like it, it, it's astonishing, but you know, as you, as you were saying, it, it did come down to, to free throws in this one and the Lakers getting to the rim. So Warriors yeah. have to find a way, you know, despite three pointers being like one of the most efficient shots. So are free throws and you need to have a good balance. Yeah, but the Warriors were uh, 21 from 53 on three-pointers, but only 22 of 53 on two-pointers. Yes. AD yeah. locked the, the heck out of them. Like, yeah, AD locked the door. He had four blocks. Um, yeah. He's averaging yeah. like I think he's averaging over four blocks per game in the playoffs. Yeah. So, uh, so that's making a huge difference. I, I, I don't think Warriors have any player that can consistently score inside an AD with high efficiency he's just yeah. unbelievable when he's this he's healthy like this so on the other side i think the biggest issue with with golden state we talked about it before the show they are okay with kevin looney and and and, and green together on defense but it's a bit of a problem on offense yeah okay looney got sure. his rebounds but they just spam dribble hands off with AD in the zone and that didn't work out well for for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, uh, for sure. I'm kind of looking over the roster in general, the Warriors, kind of wondering like how can they, how can they solve this? Uh, obviously, this was quite an extreme case where they shoot so poorly from twos. But what do you think they have to do in the next game to circumvent AD's presence in the paint? Because they they just need they just need more. Uh, more differential in their shot location. They need to be able to score off twos as well. What do you think are the adjustments that Steve Kerr needs to make for game two? Uh, I think they need to play less Looney on offense because of, of the offense. To unlock the offense, probably go small. Mm-hmm. Defense is okay with Looney and, and Green, but they need to probably play more small ball to unlock the offense. And I wouldn't mind seeing Jonathan Kuminga minutes on offense, some rim pressure from his side, getting to the free throw line, some athleticism there. So they, he, didn't, he didn't even play. He was a DMP in, in the last game. Yeah. Clay Thompson is setting for his shots. I think so. Clay had poor shooting night, 36% from the field. He was three from nine from twos. So... He, he is not getting to the rim. Draymond Green is not getting to the rim. Kevin Looney, offensive rebounds and pullbacks and everything, but no rim pressure. No, that's not a guy that will do a rim pressure besides Steph. And Steph also had four for 11 from for two, for twos. So they need another guy just to put the rim pressure there. And when we look at the team, who is that player? That's, that's kind of... Maybe Andrew Wiggins, but still, they are yeah. settling for for mid range. They are settling for for floaters. They are settling for for threes. 
no one no enough not enough rim attempts and they are they don't have guys for to to attack the rim so, right kind of difficult so they'll, they'll have to find a way to get ad i guess a little bit out of those areas because he was such a factor there but they they just need to get to the rim more often you know even mm-hmm. if it's not going to generate a basket every time uh those are higher percentage looks than in mid-range you're more susceptible to getting fouled heading to the free throw line so yeah, uh, as you're saying, the rim pressure is going to be absolutely key here. Uh, and if Jordan Poole is playing like this, then they'll get a big boost as well. Because out of nowhere, he just decided he was good at basketball again, especially in that first half. He, he was good everything. at shooting threes. I would say that, like that, that was. Yeah, that they part. Have was that. Good. <laughs> they have that with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. So, of course, of course, he's a uh, different type of players. Of course. Uh, so a lot for the Warriors to adjust for that game, too. Uh, just let you guys know, great chance to let to remind you guys, I'm going to be doing a watch party on Thursday tomorrow for that game, too, against the Lake, for the Lakers against the Warriors. I'll be live on the Hammer HQ YouTube channel. I'll be joined by some special guests as well. I've been doing watch parties once a week for the NBA playoffs, and I'm very, very excited to have this Lakers-Warriors one, 845 Eastern time again. That is going live tomorrow on the Hammer HQ YouTube channel. So I'm I'm pumped to watch that one. Last thing I want to talk about here. Um, <laughs> I thought the wording of this Shams tweet was very funny on Dylan Brooks. And Dylan Brooks will not be returning to the Grizzlies under any circumstances for next season. So I thought it was a little bit harshly worded. They could have just simply said they're not going to bring him back. There's some speculation from Ramona Shelburne that he was asking for 25 million dollars a year i think that's kind of crazy and if they really wanted to bring him back they could have figured out a way but uh (laughs) dylan brooks not returning to the grizzlies so i kind of want your thoughts quickly on what are the next steps to the grizzlies and what team do you think could use dylan brooks's services for next season so first of all i don't think that's coming directly for for the memphis grizzlies that part under any circumstances Yeah. I think that's kind of a bit of a reach. I do think they should get rid of him because the way these playoffs went. Yeah. So also I'll say the problem with, with Dylan Brooks is his his mentality. Like he said that he wanted more offense to be involved in more offense because he can bring much more. That's the guy that almost led his team in, in field goal attempts in the first round. Very inefficiently. Like, they were leaving him wide open and he couldn't make a bucket. So, yeah. like, so I'll just read. Six games of the series. All six games, 11 or more field goal attempts. Not a single game with 40% from the floor. So, all for six games under 40% from the floor. Under 38% from the full from the from the floor in all six games, while being completely ignored on that side of the court. So if you can't <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's that's unbelievable. So if he was a player like PJ Tucker mentality, I'll do what I like all the dirty work possible and not ask for so many on offense. Because if he just play like I'll shoot step spot up threes and run transition or something. He will be actually pretty good role player in the league because his defense is very valuable. 
Like he's, he's, a, he's a very he's, good defender. Yeah, he's a pest on defense. So, but his mentality, like, and causing these media troubles, he did in the series. So many stupid statements, and show like trying to be a tough guy, and then storming out to the games after La Los and not even saying anything to media. Then saying he needed, he wants more offense. I am that guy. I deserve 25 millions. No, you don't. If you just play to your strength and play hard and be quiet, like don't act like you are the best team player on the team or second best player on the team. If you get in your role to be like fourth or fifth guy on, on some good team, he can be that. You'll get paid, you'll have a long career in the NBA and like 20 out of 30 teams will probably try to sign you like this. But all this nonsense, I don't think any team in the NBA will like, okay, we could use Dylan Brooks because it's right. the mentality problem. So I, I don't know which team will well, sign. Yeah. Cleveland is, is the one that comes to mind, first and of all. Is he a better player than Okoro? On offense, he'll just demand more while being. That's true. Way. I, 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 of I course, think... he's better, but his mentality is not better. A corner yeah. is like, okay, I'll be there in the corner. If you pass to me wide open three, I'll take it, and that's it. On defensive end, they are similar. Brooks a bit better, but not crazy difference that you need to go and sign Dylan Brooks. If we are seeing again Knicks against the Cleveland. They will treat him like they treat Okoro. They will leave Dylan Brooks wide open, and you don't get gain anything with, with, with Dylan Brooks. This is two playoff years in a row where Dylan Brooks' shooting hampered his team. It happened last year against the Warriors. happened this year as well for the Grizzlies in the first round against the Lakers this time. Uh, they started going to Luke Kennard a bit more often instead of him. That worked out better because as much as Kennard can't play defense, like he's obviously his shooting is amazing. And it wasn't that Kennard was lighting it up shooting-wise. It was that he couldn't because the Lakers were so concerned about him, which just freed up space for all the other players on his team. So that was his role. And that I thought the Grizzlies looked better with Kennard. But for Brooks, like this is a guy who definitely can shoot. He He's uh, over his entire career, 34% three-point shooter, uh, lower the last two seasons. I attribute that a lot to the shot selection. Uh, on, on twos this season, he shot 45% which is just horrendous and a big problem for the Grizzlies as well, taking 13.6 attempts. So, yeah, like you said, I, I look at Dylan Brooks, a player who can very much help out a lot of teams. Like teams are looking for this 3 and D type of player. It's just, is he willing to accept that role for his team? So I'll, I, I'll, I'll just say one interesting fact that shows how big problem he is. Dylan Brooks shot 45% of the of his shots from five feet away from the rim to three-point line. So mid-range. Yeah, the, the worst shots. Why are you <laughs> who are you, man? Like the mid-range is like reserved for allied shooter, and he shot like 20, like 35% or something. So that's the problem with him. <laughs> like he he doesn't care. He's he, I don't know. He needs to show be out of some authority and listen yeah. to his coach. So, and, yeah, I, I think coaching's got to come into play. Could, 
one team that could maybe work Dylan Brooks inside. Their team is probably Kings. They need defense so, so bad. And they have shooters with Querter and Keegan Murray. So maybe could work. But yeah. I'll, if I think more about it, I'll just play Darian Mitchell more. Yeah. I mean, it, it's tough. I, I don't know how much coaching, like, I think Memphis have great coaching staff, but you know how much was communicated to Brooks to stop taking those shots. And then there's all these concerns that if you do communicate that, then it causes a problem because he he, he gets upset about that. But like at some point, coaching's got to take over, and at some point, the and, player as well has to kind of realize these and things also, about himself. Let's talk like how many players want to play with Dylan Brooks in the league. That's that's another good he, point. He's, one he's of made a lot of enemies. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that that's that's a great point as well. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of baggage there, but I think if you get him on a good deal, I'm, I'm wondering if you can just lock him up for like a four year contract, because sometimes being in a contract year, uh, you know, two years ago, he had a poor shooting season. He was extension eligible. Is he trying to earn himself a bigger contract by taking a bigger role? I don't know. Once he settles into that contract, can he be like Tobias Harris where yeah, Tobias Harris making all this money, but, you know, he settled into that and he's just playing a great role for the 76ers and he did that this season. I know Brooks won't be making that much money, so it's harder to accept that, but can Brooks just accept his contract and just be a role player for a team? If he does, he can be a great player. If he doesn't, which I think is the more likely case, then, yeah, there's there's going to be issues there. But I think, like, there's people speculating like does any team want to take a chance i think there will be i I think there will be a team that sees the defensive capabilities and wants to put that guy on the team so uh i I don't know how much money he'll make i'm thinking he's 27 i'm thinking like 15 to 20 is probably what he's worth if he wants more than 20 i think he'll struggle to find anybody to take that but uh yeah he's i think the his nba career is up to him at this point what he he can be an important player in this league if he wants to be he wants to do whatever he wants then he obviously won't be an important player so i think that's uh how it's going to turn out for dylan brooks all right um anything else dad uh og has 18 millions i think a year yeah and he's he's extension eligible this summer uh he's He's going to be making a lot more than 18 million, I think, after yeah. after this season. I just wanted to co- compare to some like yeah. player that's similar but better than him. So I think anything south of 15, it will be crazy for me, for Dylan Brooks. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, cap going up. It's been a while. I mean, OG is obviously worth a lot. I don't know. I, th- I, think, I think he'll get more than 15. I wonder where. We'll see. Yeah. Maybe a team we'll comes see. through. I don't we think he's worth more, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking I, I would realistically want to pay him like 12 to 13. But yeah, the way the That's NBA true. is, I can see him yeah. getting that that number. All right, guys, that will do it for today. Let's recap the pick from today's show. Uh, it is in the Sixers and Celtics game. We had it at minus 118 FanDuel. This is plus 100 at DK at MGM. So uh, make sure you're shopping around at the prices whenever you're watching to get the best number of this one. But the SGP is... Brogdon over 11.5 points and Harden over 17.5 points in this game too. Joel Embiid likely to return today, so super excited to see how that one turns out. But that has been your show today. If you enjoyed, hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe to the board YouTube channel. Take a second to rate and review five stars if you're listening in audio form. 
and we will be back tomorrow on Pick and Roll on the Board YouTube channel for more NBA betting, reaction, and more. Thank you again, everybody. 